Hello everyone, it's August 30th, 2017. My name is Hunter Colloran. My name is Thomas Anderson. And today we're getting down to business with recent WP Curry graduate, world traveler, and entrepreneur, Sam Bott. How are you guys? It's good to be here. It's, it's, it's good to have you. Yeah, it's, you. it's a pleasure. Um, we're excited to get into this. Sam has a lot of knowledge being a recent graduate from WP Carey, being an entrepreneur, traveling the world. He was involved a lot when he was on campus, and he has a lot going on now that he's graduated. So we're just going to jump right into it, Sam. Um, Absolutely. Let's do it. Your brother's a freshman this year. He is, yes. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start. What is the number one piece of advice you would give to a freshman? I'm glad you guys did your homework on that. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. He asked me this question recently, and I'm glad you brought it up. Being a freshman in college is a very, very scary time in anyone's life. You're trying to figure out a lot of things, and you have a lot going on. You're figuring out what clubs you want to join, perhaps some organizations, fraternities, sororities. And you're trying to find the group of people that may end up being the friends for the rest of your life. All of this compounded with having to go to class, having to figure out a career path, as well as all of the personal things that one can have in their life may lead to a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. So my advice would be that in the first few weeks of school, maybe even the first few months and the first year even, figure out what you like, figure out where you fit in, and don't try to be someone that you're not. Figure out your truest self as quickly as you can and it'll make that rest of the experience in college that much better. Um, so follow your heart and have fun, I guess. Uh, sum it up in a few words. Awesome, so I guess kind of branching off of that, Sure. How do you think that you found your, your true self or you stayed true to yourself? What do you think was your biggest, I guess, challenge and also biggest um, skill in finding those groups of people that you wanted to interact with? So one of the important lessons I learned very early in college was the importance of quitting. Uh, towards the end of my freshman year, I was working an internship with a public agency that was demanding a lot out of me. I was working many hours, wasn't in the best health, and balancing that with classes made it very difficult to have time for myself, let alone take care of myself and nurture my body, mind, and spirit, as one ought to do in college. I was fortunate that I uh, got accepted into a scholarship program here that paired me with a mentor, and that mentor ended up becoming my business partner. But one of the first conversations Muhammad and I had was focused on the art of quitting. I had just met him a week before, and we were talking about uh, some of the things we had going on in our life. And I mentioned my job, how much it was stressing me out, and I was unsure about whether or not that was something I wanted to do for the foreseeable future. And the one piece of advice I didn't expect to get uh, as a young college student from a mentor was to explore the art of quitting. Take chances on not doing things that you don't like to do. Go against the grain and listen to your own inner voice about what's best for you and don't feel that you have to do things a certain way. Before I met Muhammad, it was unforeseeable or inconceivable rather in my mind that quitting was an option. But one dinner and a few shawarmas later, and he was able to convince me to change my mind. So I'm really happy that that happened. And after that, it actually uh, led to us starting a company together. So I'm very grateful for having that experience early on my freshman year. That's, That's awesome. really cool, yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the company that you started with Mohammed and, and kind of how Absolutely. that all came about? Yeah, so VZGo was a product that we originally created for ourselves. Uh, cats say meow, college students say I need energy and focus, I need caffeine to keep going all day. And we recognized this need in our community and we wanted to do something about it. I was at a point personally where I was drinking 14, 15 cups of coffee a day just to keep going both when I worked at that job I mentioned and then even after I left as a student. And I said there has to be a better way, a more efficient way to combine energy and focus that isn't going to harm my body in the long run. Uh, Muhammad and I got very interested in this, and both of us being business students at ASU, the idea of entrepreneurship uh, and social entrepreneurship really spoke out to us. 
And rather than sit down and say, what product or service can we create to make the world a better place? We tried to figure out how we can make our world a little better first. And we created VZGO for ourselves, combining natural herbs called nootropics with caffeine uh, in conjunction with a lab in New York to create this product. We absolutely loved what it was able to do for us, getting us through long days, late nights at the library. And our friends were very interested in this as well. And from that uh, basic need that we were filling from ourselves came this company, VZGO. You can learn about our product, learn more about our story at getvzgo.com. But absolutely, going back to your question, the experience we had at WP Carey, being in this environment of entrepreneurship, innovation, and learning is what gave us the motivation to then go out and start this business. And had it not been for the university, our classes, and the Tillman Scholars Program, we absolutely wouldn't have been at that point where we had the courage to take this step and start a business. That's really cool. That's yeah. really yeah. cool. That's awesome. So. I hope I'm not uh, talking for too long. I feel like I'm. Uh, no, no, no. You're <laughs> completely fine. We actually something. like really like like someone that's very passionate and interested in like what they're doing. So it's really cool. refreshing to hear that kind of a, like perspective. So I appreciate honestly, that. Like, yeah, yeah really I've like had it. a lot of time to reflect on this, and it's cool to be able to talk about it now. So thank you guys. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, prior to to you coming on today, we talked to a friend of yours, Maddie, um, and we asked her what are some questions that she thinks that we should ask you to kind of to kind of <laughs> oh, get boy. you going, and she pretty much gave us the answer of. You could pretty much ask Sam anything, and, and, and he'll be able to talk about it because he's so passionate about right. the things that you're probably going to be asking me about. And she said that one of your main goals when someone asks you a question is that there's no more follow-up questions, which makes our job very hard, but it makes for an, an absolutely interesting conversation. Maddie gives me a lot more credit than I think I deserve. That's very nice of me to say. But if it works for you guys, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's move on a little bit here. Um, let's Actually, let's switch to a bit of a lighter note. Sure. So you have gone on record saying that you have the cutest dog in the world. I do. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? Absolutely. I got a dog this January, and for those of my friends listening that haven't already heard that I've gotten a dog, if you haven't seen my 100 Instagram pictures, <laughs> um, I'm not a dog person. I wouldn't have considered myself to be a dog person uh, before I got Napoleon. And I was actually on a hike with a friend, and he jokingly, uh, this is an old friend from middle school, that I've known for about 10 years. He's been telling me to get a dog for years jokingly, never took him seriously. Pulled up a Craigslist ad of all things for this cute little terrier chihuahua named Napoleon. And I'm gonna say that line about, uh, I was overcome with passion and I loved Napoleon and I just had to have him. And that's exactly how it felt. And the next day I had a dog and I've been figuring out how to raise him ever since. But yeah, he's eight months old, the cutest dog in the world. Um, and he actually inspired a business from, for my roommates actually, now that you mention it. Uh, check out worldscutestpuppy.com if you get a chance. Uh, inspired by Napoleon, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Dogs doing cool things. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> All right. So as we mentioned before, um, recent WP Carey alumni, yes. entrepreneur, world traveler, if you had to culminate and bring everything together that you've done these last four years of being in WP Carey and recently graduated these last couple months, um, can you break down what has been one of the most important aspects of your education, sure. not just at WB Carey, but education at being a world traveler, being an entrepreneur? What is the one thing that has stood out to you? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the more important lessons I was fortunate to learn early in college was the importance of asking why. Uh, for those of you that have read Simon Sinek's uh, self-help book, Start With Why, you may be familiar with the concept of the golden circle, three layers of problem solving in approaching what you're solving, how you're solving it, and why you're solving it. And I think that being in the university environment, being in an academic environment, having to solve a lot of problems, 
we're given homework, we're given tasks, we work in labs, and we know what we have to do and how we have to do it. But the why of why we're doing it may be some far off goal of being a doctor or being a lawyer many years from now. So for me and everything I've done, it's been important to bring it back, um, bring that long-term goal back to what I'm doing today. Asking why is it uh, that I'm waking up in the morning going to school? Why is it that I'm waking up in the morning going to work? Why is it that I'm deciding to travel? Why is it that I'm deciding to read, write, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Putting intention behind what you do, I feel is very important uh, because if you know why you're doing something, you're much li more likely, I think, to overcome the what's and the how's of it. Having purpose and having drive can only come from within yourself. And having to find that within myself has been a difficult journey, absolutely. It's not something that's very easy. But once you get to know yourself and become comfortable with this idea that you're your own best friend, uh, anything is possible. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that ties back into I, – actually, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Sure. <laughs> we had a conversation – just because this is something that's always interested me since this conversation I had with you. You talked to me last year about – um, being involved in different things at WB Carey and how your idea of, of leadership changed while being in college and how that's kind of adapted. Sure. And I, I mean, I'd love for you to share what you shared with me to the audience because I think it's a great piece, great piece of advice, great view on the whole leadership aspect because that's something that you, you've, you keep, I mean, students have heard in high school, in college, coming out of college, in grad school, that you have to be a leader. And a lot of these different courses and programs tell you how to be a leader. And I feel like you take a very different approach to that. So if you would share that, that'd be great. Sure. And for the information of the audience, one of my prior uh, job roles was actually as a leadership consultant. So I very much seen the kind of by the book institutional approach to leadership that's taught in a lot of management programs kind of across this country. But over the past four years as I've kind of distanced myself from that, I've come to kind of have my own understanding of what leadership is. And I think what that means is giving everything you have that you are able to give while expecting nothing in return. And what I mean by that is leadership isn't something that you should be trying to convince others to follow you for. It's something that you should have within yourself that others are drawn to because that why that we mentioned earlier, that purpose is so strong. So I guess what I'm trying to say there is that leadership doesn't begin with a cause. Leadership doesn't begin with, in my opinion, again, this is all my opinion, an idea it begins with a purpose and a desire to make change, a desire to be better, uh, in the case of myself, my business partner, Muhammad. Um, once you do that, um, you're no longer being inauthentic. And once you're authentic with yourself, I guess everything else just falls together. So I guess leadership, I think, is synonymous with authenticity. And if you're authentic and true to yourself, you never have to worry about where you may be headed because it'll all work itself out. That's a good point. I think yeah. it's very important for everyone to be authentic with themselves. It makes not to be cliche or anything, but it does make the world a better place if everyone's authentic with themselves. And obviously that's not how it goes, but I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's different for everyone, right? So I think everyone's leadership style is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that as long as, like you said, they give all they have in and not expecting for anything in return means that they are suitable to lead any kind of, you know, any kind of group. Because it's, that I think that's what really does make a good leader is is someone that, I, I mean, not to be cliche, but puts themselves in the front lines and, and kind of sure, does the absolutely. brunt of the work yeah. with everyone else that's, that's in their group. Gets in the trenches with the people, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's not always taught in, in like that institutionalized way in, in university and, and um, in high school and different, you know, in any kind of program, at least a program that you might be involved in might not stress that enough, I feel like. So definitely a good piece of advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, let's... Let's let's continue. Sure. <laughs> um, traveling, 
You have been all over the place. What has been your favorite place that you've been to? If you could pick, if you can, sure. if you can narrow it down. So uh, I'll, I'll give a little background for this. I've been very fortunate to be able to travel uh, to some places with my family. And then a bulk of the travel I've been uh, so grateful to do was why I decided to take a gap, uh, not a gap year, rather a study abroad year, my junior year, to live in the UK in Manchester and to work and study there at the University of Manchester's Alliance Manchester Business School. It's a mouthful. <laughs> um, but while living in the UK, I had an opportunity to travel all across Europe, um, visit a lot of the major European capitals, and get to know people in many different countries. And I guess the cool thing for me about traveling is not the destination or what you're going to find there, but who you're going to meet. Kind of going to your earlier point about what should a freshman look in college, uh, it's very similar to what should someone expect when they're traveling to a new place for the first time, right? And that is... Not that you should be fearful or apprehensive of the differences that you may find, but what I found is that if you approach everything with this understanding of I can empathize, understand, and connect with anybody I meet, um, that I'll take my chances with any human on this planet, you open yourself up to some really cool conversations. So many people that I've met around the world are still friends uh, of mine to this day uh, that I'm visiting. I mentioned my business partner, Mohammed, since he's graduated in December, he's moved on to Amsterdam. Uh, lives there now working on our company selling our product overseas and I'm trying to go there and visit him soon so travel for me has never been about the destination or what I'm going to find and what I'm going to learn there even though all of those things are important it's who I'm doing it with and who I'm going to see on the other side um, getting back to your question <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite place um, Muhammad said something to me recently maybe it wasn't Muhammad maybe it was maybe it was someone else I can't remember um, someone said something along the lines of, this is Earth. Like this concept of nations, borders, nationalities, countries, regions. If you macroscope it as much as you want, we're all on the same planet, we're all in the same solar system, the same universe, etc. And I think that idea is cool. And after you get over what passport you have or what language you speak, you realize that you're just people and then you get down to life, which is just very simple no matter where you are. So. I don't think I have a favorite place. I definitely have a lot of places I want to go to, places that I really enjoyed going to. But I try to be happy where I am, and I'm happy to be here right now. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's good. Um, that was, I mean, that was a great answer. Yeah, yeah. a really good answer. What, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, as you said, you, you like to kind of take things as it comes when you're sure. in these different countries. You like to accept the culture um, and, and just kind of take what's given to you and live one moment at a time. But what, what would you say was the biggest culture shock when you were in a different place outside of the United States? What was the biggest culture shock? Um, I never really, uh, I've never really experienced culture shock, I guess, when I've traveled to a place for a short period of time. But when I lived abroad in Manchester um, for that junior year of college, it was the mundane things that made me realize just how, uh, how much of a creature of habit we as humans can be. So it wasn't uh, the sights or the language or the accents or anything that have ever kind of gotten to me. It was mundane things like, where do I do my grocery shopping? Where do I wash my clothes? Where do I get a haircut? So adjusting to that, uh, while also knowing that I'd be coming back here to ASU to a community of friends, um, a supportive academic environment, that made the whole thing very interesting, uh, having to try to figure out how to settle roots here and enjoy the most of my time here while knowing I'm coming back and returning to something that's very familiar. So being unfamiliar, uh, being uncomfortable, and being alone, I guess, are what kind of the biggest shocks were. But try to keep an open mind. Like I said, we're on one planet together, and every place is interesting, if not a little different.
Absolutely. And it's kind of funny. So I've, I've had this conversation kind of going along with the, the same things that you've just said about borders and countries and having that separation. Um, and I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends that are now at ASU and in high school and for, for a while now. And I think the biggest takeaway that I've had from conversations that, you know, humanity, in order for us to, to kind of move in a forward direction and to kind of expand into, you know, making humans a, a multi-planetary species. And I mean, you know, we can, we can get on and on about that. Have you been reading some of Elon Musk's stuff? Oh, the, uh, it seems absolutely. To be yeah. Absolutely. I've been, I've been doing crazy research. I would love Elon to Musk. see you uh, on Mars, Hunter. That would be great. I would love to be on Mars. Well, it's actually, it's actually Elon Musk's goal to die on Mars. That's ambitious. Is it really? Yeah, wow. that is his goal. He wants to get to a point where it's colonized, the point where he can, he can actually die on Mars. Oh, so, wow. But nevertheless... I mean, we can go on and on about multi-planetary species. Another time. And, yeah, another time. <laughs> another and, and a different Bring podcast. Back, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think it's kind of funny how I, I personally think that WP Carey does a really good job in mashing those cultures with all its international students Absolutely. and study abroad opportunities where although we have people from all over the world, um, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of division. And if only the entire world was as close-knit and as collaborative as the school was, um, I feel like we'd be in a much better place. For sure. I like that. Yeah. I really agree with that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So. What else you got for me? <laughs> oh, man. I, we can go on and on. Let's do it. I am personally interested in entrepreneurship. I want to know, for my own sake, if not for the audiences, what is one piece of advice you'd give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to take a quick sec to think about that. It's a great open-ended question. Um... When I think about advice, I only come from it from this approach of, I know what I've done that I would have gone back and rather have done differently. Uh, So with everything I've said, take it or leave it, uh, that's up to you. I don't know if it'll work for you. But the biggest thing I've learned from starting a business, studying abroad, um, getting involved in the business school when I was a student, is never being afraid to take risks and never being afraid to try something you think you might like. Um, I think a lot of what I've precluded myself from in life that I'm now finding very interesting are things that I never thought I would be interested in before. Um, Sometimes that can happen by picking up a book that's very different from how you think. For me, it was meeting people in college that had very different interests from myself. I don't have too many uh, very close friends in the business school. I'm fascinated by, uh, I guess, the life sciences. I'm fascinated by the liberal arts. So... It's keeping it different, it's keeping it interesting, it's realizing that you're a product of the people you surround yourself with. And we keep going back to that idea of life is who you do it with. Um, In your classes, in college, uh, perhaps even in your careers, you're going to be doing a lot of things with people. And it's not gonna be what you did or how you did it that'll come to the forefront. It's the people that surrounded you that's gonna tell you how you felt. And a big part towards having a successful, stable uh, job, entrepreneurial venture, uh, traveling adventure, whatever it is, is knowing who you are and what influences are around you that's contributing to that person. So for me, it was very important to start a business with a friend and a colleague that I knew had my back and prioritize my self-growth and development and his own over whatever our business would be. Not something you can always do with just about anybody when you're uh, thinking about starting a business. So. My entrepreneurial advice (laughs) would be to believe in yourself, build yourself, and then build whatever it is you want to do uh, to give to the world. That's really cool. Kind of going off of risk, um, something that I always see in entrepreneurship, um, not necessarily like any kind of tabloids or anything like that, but I see a lot of 
um, you should never fear this notion of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think people stigmatize the word failure as something very negative. Um, sure, if you fail an exam, that's not exactly the greatest thing in the world, but it's also kind of a learning experience. I feel like failure can be really, really derived down to something very simple. And the fact that you can really learn a lot about yourself and a lot about what you're doing, and you can really take that in stride. Um, I read a quote actually this morning, I cannot remember who it was by, um, just on the off chance of like reading it this morning, I don't even know where. Um, you should never be affair- afraid of failure, you should always be afraid of not trying. I like that. Yeah. Um, because I feel like if you give your best effort on something, you can really push yourselves to the brink of something you could never even thought of. Um, and if you fail, that's just another learning curve. I mean, Elon Musk probably failed at some point, I'm sure. Um, I'm sh- everyone fails, like that's part of life. They're, you're not gonna get away from it. So it's what you do, it's like how you embrace it that really like differentiates you from like everyone else. Absolutely. I yeah, I, I mean, James Altucher, one of my, uh, do you know he has James a cool podcast, I, I love yeah. the uh, Question of the Day podcasts that yeah. he and uh, Stephen Dubner do, yeah. I, I love um, yeah. James Altucher, he's one of my go-to podcasters and one of my favorite people to read and he, I, I think he's just a wonderful guy, but one of his famous quotes is um, something along the lines of how he started 32 businesses and only four were successful, mm-hmm. right? And obviously those four were widely successful, but he, thir- he failed like, you know, 28 different times. So it, it really, you know, you're not going to find success the first couple times you do something. It's sure, going to take a while. I mean, practice, take, practice makes perfect is such a coined phrase and it's said all the time, but it's so true in any aspect of life. So Definitely. if we learn that now and apply that to everything, I think would be all right. Sure. And I, I think the second part of that, if I may add on, is that with that failure, is that overcoming that failure and continuing to go on. Um, one of my favorite quotes that really inspires me is uh, by the late rapper Tupac Shakur. And it's during your life, never stop dreaming. No one can take away your dreams. I really do feel like if you always have that dream, there's somewhere to be, somewhere to go, something to do. And there's always something next. It's not going to matter how many times you get beaten down because you will keep getting up and you will chase your dreams and you will accomplish whatever it is. Uh, Elon Musk, James Altucher, uh, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, I'm sure they've all failed hundreds of times. But all you need is one success to make your mark on this world. And as long as you're still trying, that one success is always within reach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Um, unless you have anything to add, I think that's a, an amazing place to end yeah, the, the, the podcast. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's a really good point. I, I mean, because I think that really just goes to, um, I mean, I, you've, you found success in different things that you've been involved in. Um, Thomas, you found success in different things that you've been involved <laughs> in. I'm sure everyone has found some kind of success, but learning from those like Elon Musk and those that are more widely successful, right, and taking practices that they incorporate into their daily lives, like not giving up and, and overcoming failure, is is something that we need to not take for granted and we need to take to heart and really think about and, and strive strive to have that kind of successful and, and winning mentality. Absolutely. Um, if I may just add one Go more ahead. little thing uh, that I think is important. I, it, it's something that benefited me uh, at a time in my life where I needed to hear it. And I think it'll hopefully help someone out there too that's listening. Um, while I was studying abroad, I had a lot of time to kind of question what I wanted to do uh, when I came back to ASU. And it led me kind of reevaluating my life path, my career trajectory, uh, my business ventures. And a mentor of mine uh, gave me a very simple exercise. You know, all of us get in front of the mirror every morning and we look in the mirror, we make sure we look sexy, we feel good, <laughs> we're ready to go for the day, whatever. 
but we never stopped to uh, appreciate ourselves truly. And the exercise that I was given was to go to the mirror every morning and say something so simple, but I think something that we're, three words that we're very afraid to say as humans, which is, I love you. And he told me, go to the mirror every morning and just say, I love you, Sam. I love you. And then go on with whatever it is for the day. And I shook my head at first and thought it was silly, but I was like, whatever, how bad could it be? It was rough. <laughs> uh, you have to confront a lot sometimes to get to a place where you're satisfied with who you are. But what we were talking about with that pursuit, always chasing that happiness, always wanting to be with your best self, I think it all starts with loving yourself. So my parting words would be go to the mirror tonight uh, or tomorrow morning, tell yourself you love yourself, and then get on with your day and do amazing things. Uh, get at it. Awesome. Thank you so much, like Sam. It. And yeah. we're going to end it with a quote from yeah, Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this quote actually comes from Barack Obama, and it kind of goes along the lines of a couple of themes that we touched on here tonight. Surprise, like, cool. Um, he said, if you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. Um, so that definitely goes along the lines of some of the themes that we've talked about here tonight. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you.